Welcome to Global Perspectives, the International Insolvency Institute's podcast. Welcome to the next episode of Global Perspectives, the International Insolvency Institute's podcast. We are delighted today to welcome Diana Riviera of Colombia to discuss recent amendments to the Colombian insolvency law and a brief overview of the Colombian insolvency law to give our speakers uh, a better understanding of Colombia as a good choice of law venue for insolvency. So welcome, Diana. Why don't we get started? Could you briefly describe some of the main characteristics of the Colombia bankruptcy system? Yes. The first thing that we will talk about the general insolvency regime for the trader, because we have different proceedings that depend of the type of activity, for example, public services or banks. We have nine different types of proceedings outside the general system of insolvency. But of this general system of insolvency, the main characteristics are, first is a judicial system. These proceedings are conducted in the courts. Anything not regulated by the rules of procedure shall be governed by the general code of procedures. Second, the authorities is the superintendency of companies or superintendencia de sociedades as an administrative body belonging to the central government and the executive branch of the public authority that perform, performs jurisdictional functions. Third, um, objectives. The objectives of the law are in the first article, protection of the credit, protection of the company, and preserving employees. Four, the scope that I, I told before, the law 1116 of 2006 refers to a natural person who are traders or legal person who are not excluded from the regime. Is is uh, in the in the okay. <laughs> Subjects to whom law uh, 1116 did not apply, like banks, like uh, hospitals, like these kinds of um, business if you can say business. Fifth, yep. secret creditors right now, because the law 1676, we have the, the right, the creditors have the right to maintain the effectiveness of the our most important. That's, uh, that, that, that's very helpful and interesting. It, it, now, it, is the law basically a judicial-based system, or are there alternatives to non-filing um, in a court to restructure? Yes, the, the, the system is judicial, but we have always the private trade financing agreement that is uh, recognized for the superintendency of banks, for example. However, during the pandemic, the government created a new mechanism, a new mechanism the economic recovery procedure in the Chamber of Commerce. Even though it's not judicial, it has not been used as much because it's easier to file, but maybe the people uh, don't know how we'll go in this kind of proceedings without a judge. It, it, it seems like, as always, attorneys are A new system, maybe even if it's outside of the court, because it's safer to, the devil's what you know. Right? Yes, it's true. <laughs> it's 
<laughs> so that doesn't surprise me at all that it, the, the non-judicial system hasn't increased in popularity just yet. Um, what are the other kind of business re rescue mechanisms that the Colombian system has? Okay, because of the pandemic, the government established new mechanism to handle the tsunami of insolvency that they think that will be uh, received. But uh, before the pandemic, we had only two proceedings for recovery, that reorganization and the validation of agreement. But now we have five different proceedings without considering the private agreement. So if you are a, a trader, you have to choose five different doors and choose which a way you want to to roll. Second reorganization abbreviate for SMI up a 1.2 million of dollars of asset value, validation of reorganization agreement, emergency negotiation, and proceeding of economics recovery. You can choose uh, one of these. The most useful the new mechanism in the in, the, uh, in this uh, period of time is the emergency negotiation that represent already more than 15% of the proceeding used at the superintendency. That is our main core. The most important characteristics or characteristic of the emergency negotiation is that you can do either an universal agreement or with all, all the classes of the creditors or only with a sector with workers. So that is an advantage for the, for the trade. Great, that, that, that's helpful. It sounds like there are definitely some advantages to the emergency system, but could you describe some of the bigger problems that the insolvency system has in Colombia? Yes, our biggest problem is that the May court is within an executive entity. So the superintendency of companies has resided and continues to reside a great and sometimes negative political influence. So sometimes it does not have specialized judges that we always need. And even if it does, they change frequently. So you don't have a president a consistent, consistent in, the, in this jurisdiction. Every time they change, the president and and for the practitioner and the debtor and also for the creditors is uh, very insecure. These these uh, these changes. So sometimes the judge could change in the middle of the case because yes. the president changes. Wow. Yes, yes. <laughs> that could change the the outcome of the case very drastically quickly. Yes, of course. <laughs> how, how is that working? With some of the cross-border cases, has that been a problem in some of the cross-border cases? Can you describe some of the main Colombia cross-border cases and how that's what's taking yes. place? We have already the Uncitral Model Law of 1997 and also Uncitral Model Law or Enterprise Group Insolvency enacted in 2019. We have already these two laws in our general system of insolvency. And uh, we have we had uh, a few proceedings, not more than 15 proceedings when the judge applied the uh, on model law. 
but uh, however are not a lot of cases uh, the the truth is that the judge uh, applied the law and when are uh, recovering proceedings the judge general applied the principle of territorialism and when are uh, liquidation proceedings they apply the uh, universal um sorry <laughs> i have to change the answer sorry okay. i i i i i miss up the the answer when uh, when is uh, when is recovery proceedings the principle is universalism and when the proceedings are liquidated or for liquidation uh the the principle that applies the judge is territorialism sorry so we had a lot of big proceedings with the, the court of canada that was pacific royales and uh, uh, the COMI was there in Canada and the government, the judge here in Colombia recognized these proceedings and uh, they have, they had a big, big company here um, and they, the judge decided to ask for the uh, um, holding uh, to set a guarantee for $50 million uh, to protect the creditors here in Colombia, even you cannot find this kind of measures in the in the Uncitral model law. Our judge, with uh, their own uh, his own uh, tools, decide this to protect the creditors here in Colombia. So that was a bigger proceeding, uh, a biggest proceeding. And the, for the other side, we all we already the, received the recognition for courts from the United States and courts from Panama to proceedings that are uh, here in the superintendency of companies. So we have a good experience with the application of the insolvency law uh, in, in Colombia. That's interesting. You've, you've mentioned that you've adopted the model law on insolvency and the enterprise group insolvency law. What about judgment enforcements? Are, are, are cross-border enforcements usually done through the model law on insolvency? Or have you guys thought about the adoption of the insolvency-related judgment model law? I think that we will uh, adopt the, the, this law of recognition of uh, decision of uh, other courts outside because it's useful for the for the goals of the cross border insolvency, but we we don't have uh, yet that. And really, I think that we we didn't have uh, until now problems with uh, recognitions because we don't have uh, we didn't have and we don't have so many cases of cross border insolvency. So. Uh, but it's, uh, it's important to, to set or uh, introduce in our law this new, this new model law and the other recommendation also of the group five of UNCITRA. Absolutely. I, I, I hope that you guys do adopt it. I'm looking forward to that. Um, I yes, know that of course. A, <laughs> it, it, it's a big deal. And there's a lot of ongoing work. I appreciate your time for speaking with us today. I think the summary of Colombia's insolvency law is very helpful and provided a great overview of why Colombia can be an important tool in 
cross-border insolvency case. So thank you for joining us and stay tuned for our next episode. Thank you, Evan. And it's a pleasure to be here and thank for the for the listener who are listening this podcast. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Global Perspectives. This podcast has been brought to you by the International Insolvency Institute. Subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, iTunes, or Google Play.